Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. On today's episode, Basketball One Today, guys, we're going to be doing a little bit of a review of the first round. Most first round series are done, and the only one that's remaining at the moment, Memphis and the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I thought I'd give you my opinions on the first round, so let's not waste any more time, guys. Let's get straight into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the show. So on today's episode, guys, absolutely, as I said, just a review of all the first rounds. Now, I know I have been a bit quiet with the NBA ones of recent, but just want to say before we get into the NBA show, I've got heaps of new podcasts coming in. I've got one dropping tomorrow on the 30th of April. I'm recording this on the 29th. The 30th of April, I've got it dropping. I've got one with Brookie, as always promised, and Chrissy. We talk about a bit of a relationship, dating advice, and everything else in between. That one's a really, really fun one, guys. I really had fun doing that. I also have Caleb Coronos, Coronas. Always get it wrong as usual. He's uh, he's one's going to drop in two weeks' time. He's one's a really, really good one too, guys. One-on-one, you get to know a little bit about him, you know, more on a personal level, about his goals, what he's looking to do in life. He's going to be someone I just think that's going to be a somebody in this world. He's a really, really good person in, in, in just every aspect of life, so I really, really had a lot of fun doing that one. And then one of the fun ones I've had probably the most fun doing my podcasting ever, Laz and George came on the show from Laz and George Eat. They were a lot of fun. I think that one went for about two hours, you know, just time flew with them. They're fucking awesome girls. Had a lot, a lot of fun with those girls. So yeah, got three coming up. That's going to be really, really special. I mean, really fun. Some good specials coming in. All right, so obviously tomorrow, you've got the Brookie and Chrissy one. Next week, you'll have the, the Laz and George drop. And then the week after, you'll have Caleb Coronos drop. So there's a lot of good ones. Obviously, some NBA ones are going to be sprinkled in between there, of course. But let's not waste any more time. A lot of first-round series have been done in this one, guys, which is really, really cool. You know, I, I, I have had most of my brackets pretty correct. I think I've had two wrong, which is pretty pretty okay. I think we all had one wrong that everybody didn't expect. And we'll firstly talk about that one, the, the Boston and Nets series. Now, wasn't that quite a series for Boston? Like, I did not expect Boston to sweep them at all. You know, if anything, I thought that maybe Brooklyn could have swept them just because of the star power of Katie and Corey. But it does it does show, you know, a lot of people, and it showed me that a good team and a great team beats a bunch of, sorry, excuse me, it beats a bunch of really, really, really skilled individual players. Now, for me, Brooklyn, they weren't full strength, you know, and that's obviously a negative. And look, I'm not going to talk a lot about Ben Simmons. Everyone's bashing him to start. I don't know what's going on, so it's hard for me to comment. I thought he should have played game four because say they lose game four, right, which they did. But say Ben Simmons plays, they lose game four. They're already down 0-3 hole with him, without him, right? So if he plays the game, so, oh, it's not, you know, it's Ben Simmons trying to get acclimated. It's not his fault. You know, so I don't know why he didn't play. If he's not injured, I have no idea why he didn't play. I have no idea. I, maybe Brooklyn tried to say, well, fuck, if we lose, let's just not put it on Ben Simmons. Not, let's not put any more pressure on him. But I think it was quite the opposite. You know, you let him play. You just let him play. There's no pressure on him. If he loses, it's not their fault. They're already down 0-3 without him. You know, just let him go out and play and maybe be a, a, a defining piece for them because he could have really unlocked, you know, Caddy and Kyrie more and he could have defended maybe a Jason Tatum on the deep offensive end. You know, I just think they probably should have played him. But in saying that, they obviously didn't. And, you know, Brooklyn, they got to go back to the drawing board. And obviously, there's rumors coming around, you know, what's going on with Steve Kerr coaching. I think that's complete bullshit. I don't rate that at all. You know, I just think that he he didn't he didn't really get an opportunity to coach 
the team full strength ever this season, really. So how can you knock a person for coaching? Like, he, he did as much as he possibly could. I think he did a good job. I think at times they look like the best team in the East, especially when James, KD, and Brooke, uh, James, KD, and Harden, uh, Harden were all, uh, James, KD, and Kyrie were all playing, sorry. They, they looked like a strong team, and they were the championship favorites coming into this. So I just think it's, you know, it's interesting for me because why why they lost for me isn't based on, you know, it's hard. It's not based on their coaching. It's based on their roster. Their roster wasn't a, a well put out roster after this this James Harden trade, and my my belief in that is the way you win with KD is you know kind of like in Golden State. Like obviously you know Golden State has the best the best system in the NBA. And just one second, guys. I'm just going to come back and maybe be about two, five, ten seconds. Sorry, guys, that's just be a bit better. Yeah, obviously, it sounds a bit better there. I just had the fan on. It was just making a little bit of a, a hammering noise there. But, yeah, no, uh, going back to it, I don't think that's the coach's fault in Brooklyn. I think that, you know, their roster wasn't really well put out. They did have injuries, you know, not having Joe Harris is a big factor for them. He's a shooter that spaces the floor for them quite a bit. So I think that Brooklyn, you know, what they need to do is keep, keep, keep Steve. Steve's going to be doing a good job for him. I don't think that's a problem. I think you need to really look at what, what, what suits KD and Kyrie, right? A player that would have really suited them was like a PJ Tucker. Like, why didn't they go out and try to pursue him in free agency? You know, that would have been a player I could pursue. Obviously, the money, this and that, but trade players to get it, you know? Look what he's doing for Miami. He's a, he's a, he's a proven winner. Every, every team he goes to, they usually just end up being winners. So I, I, I really would have liked to have seen him play for maybe Brooklyn. But I think they need to go out and they need to go get a third scorer. You know, I, just, I think whether that's in-house, you know, to promote maybe a Cam Thomas because he, he at points in time, he he looked really good for them. You know, Seth Curry is obviously a shooter, but I think they need, you know, a, just a glue guy who goes out and gets the job done. I think they need a strong center who can, who can, who can not, not space the floor, but you know, it's funny. They actually had the center that they should never have traded in Jarrett Allen. Like he would have been perfect for this team. Just go out, do all the dirty work, just go get the rebounds. You know, I'm not too sure. Maybe, obviously, someone know that you can't get Jarrett Allen because obviously he's not a max. But someone like Jarrett Allen who would just do a dirty work, maybe like a Clint Capella, maybe I'd look to trade for him. But I think they just need to go out and get pieces that suit that roster. And I think getting Joe Harris back will be a good piece. I think you'd have to start him, you know, alongside KD Kyrie. You know, and I think maybe, obviously, they have Nicholas Claxton, who they probably like, and Andre Drummond. But, yeah, I just think they need to do a bit of an overhaul. I still think, you know, if they can get a team together that suits their system... That'll be tough. That'll be really, really tough. But kudos to Brooklyn. To, to, uh, kudos to Boston, man. They did a really, really good job. I was completely wrong on them. You know, obviously, they had the best defense in the NBA since January, and I obviously thought that was going to be a positive aspect for them. But I just didn't see them sweeping them. I don't think anybody saw anybody. I just don't think anybody saw Brooklyn getting swept. So kudos to them. They move on to the second round to versus the Milwaukee Bucks, and we'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks uh, Chicago Bulls series. Sorry. That series for me, yeah, it kind of went as expected for me. I think that Milwaukee's just too tough. They know what to do now. They know how to win. They've been proven, you know, championship winners. I will say that it would have been interesting to see Chicago fully healthy. And I think fully healthy Chicago would have been, you know, it would have been a bit more of a competitive series having Lonzo there with Caruso. They would have been really good defensive stoppers. But yeah, I just think that Chicago, there's a lot of room for improvement there. And and that's a positive, you know. They went from not even making the play-in last season to being in the top six, you know. So I think that's a positive for them. I don't think, you know, looking back on the season, 
you should say, oh, they lost in the first round of five. That's that's an unsuccessful season. No, they got into the playoffs. You know, they had some competitive games with Milwaukee, but Milwaukee are just, for me, they're, they're one of the favourites to win the championship. So, obviously, you know, they would have done a good job. They would have locked in. I will say Chris Middleton with the injury, it's going to be a bit of a bit of a it's going to be a bit of a bit of a struggle for them. I know obviously he he does do a lot for them, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they're versus Miami. You know, and I will talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see you know how far Milwaukee can go without Chris Middleton because I used to be not a very big Chris Middleton fan to say to put it lightly, but I really do think Chris Middleton is going to be a really big piece and a factor for them. So it's going to be interesting. I think Drew Holiday has to do a little bit more scoring. And I think everybody, they probably should just do it by committee, you know, just chip in a little bit more, a little bit more. Obviously, Giannis will probably have more touches now, which is not a neg- which is never a negative if you're a Milwaukee fan because he's probably, at the moment, I would say the best player still left in the, in the playoffs right now. I'd say he's the best player. So it's going to be, you know, obviously a good thing for them to put him downhill. But I do think that them versing... Boston, that defense, it's going to be smothering. And they did a really, really good job on KD. So I think I'm Udoka, Ian Udoka. He can do a really good job on, on, on Giannis here. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I would say I have to give the slight edge still to... See, it's hard with no Chris Middleton. If it was with Chris Middleton, I think Milwaukee are pretty pretty much the favorites there. But now without Chris Middleton, it's going to be interesting because he was ruled out for the full series. So possibly, I, I, I have no idea. I will do a bit of a second round. Well, I can't because they, they start pretty soon. I will say, if I had to do a prediction, I will still go Milwaukee in seven because I just believe that Milwaukee, they've done it before and they know how to get the job done. So I'll go Milwaukee in seven. Now, we'll move on to the Miami Heat versus Atlanta Hawks series. And obviously for me, I, I, I knew exactly what Miami were going to do. I thought Miami were going to you know really take it to them. And kudos to the Miami Heat. They, they, they play a style of basketball that to, that, to me, is one of the most attractive styles of basketball in the NBA. Very much team and by committee. And that's, that's for me, my favorite type of basketball. Being able to do it by committee, everybody chipping in, everybody really, really just honing in on their craft and, and doing their role. You know, one of the best sayings is just go out there, do your job, and do your job for the team. And if you do that job, you pick up a certain amount of slack, and that's all you have to do. So I'm really, really impressed with Miami. Really good stat. I think Trey Young had more turnovers than it was like made three-point field goals or something like that, or, or assists. So it just shows you how good defensively they were by a team. You know, they were able to stop Trey, the main the main player for Atlanta, and Atlanta didn't really have a lot. They did, you know, Atlanta to Atlanta. They didn't go down dying. They didn't go down without a fight, sorry. They, they still played, and they still got into it. But I think Miami, you know, they're specials to make the conference finals this season. And moving on to, to the last series, and... In the East, because we'll talk about Miami just a little bit later. The Toronto-Philadelphia series. Now, I was definitely wrong on this series, you know, but I still think if Toronto were healthy, they had Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes for those games. I still think that that could have been a really, really tough series. You know, they lost game three by, you know, a whisker. So I really, really think that that could have been a tough series. If they got that game, that could have swept, I mean, put a lot of momentum. It could have been going down instead of 3-0 to 2-1 to 2-2. You know, so I still just believe that Toronto did, they still did a good job and, I still give Toronto a lot of credit this season. They didn't start off great, but they, they really started gaining a lot of momentum at the end of the seasons. And I'm a big fan of Nick Nurse as a coach. All the all the adjustments he does in game is really, it's a really attractive style of basketball for me. So I, I'm a big fan of that. But 
Got to give credit to Philadelphia. I thought they were going to get beaten, but they went out, they did their role. I'm still hesitant on Philadelphia, and we'll, and we'll jump right into the series that they're going to have in the second round. Philadelphia against Miami. And I still think that Miami versus Philadelphia, it's going to be a whitewash. I think, I think this is the hardest team for Philadelphia because they're going to really, really, really hone in on Joel Embiid and James Harden, and they've got players that are able to stop them. And I think a really, really big piece for me in this is one, one big piece, but it's not the biggest piece. I still think Bam Adebayo, great defender. He's able to defend bigs really, really well. So I think he'll do a good job on Joel Embiid. But PJ Tucker has played a lot, a lot of basketball with James Harden, right? So he obviously knows what he likes to do, what his certain you know characteristics are on the basketball court. So I think that he's going to talk to Spo. He's going to help the coaching staff out a lot. And I think the game plan that Philadelphia is just going to have, I mean, Miami's just going to have for Philadelphia, it's going to be too much for Philadelphia. And this is the thing, right? If they lock down Joel, they're done because Joel's obviously their main piece. But they're going to do a really good job still of locking down like a Tyrese Maxi. And and I think Tobias Harris isn't 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 at the moment. Just I don't know. He he can't be that fourth piece. He has to be the second or third to be the most effective. So for me, I I see Miami giving it to him in probably six games. I think Miami's going to probably win. You know, the first first two, and then they'll jag one. Uh, Philadelphia at home, and then Miami will take one, and then I think I think Philadelphia will get that game five, and then game six will be Miami's. I just think that you know it's 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 destined for me for Miami to make the sec- that sort of conference finals, and that's just not based on the fact that I don't like Philadelphia's style or not that, but I just think Miami is it's one of the toughest teams to guard, and I think Eric Spolter is a far superior coach than Doc Rivers. And I just think that this was one of the hardest teams for Philadelphia to come up against. They didn't want to come up. They did not want to come up against Boss. Uh, they didn't want to come up against Milwaukee and Miami. They didn't want to come up against those two teams because they were going to give it to them. So I'm very, very glad to see Miami get that matchup because obviously I'm rooting for Miami in the East. But in saying that, I'll go Miami in six. Six. I'll give it six. I won't, I really want to say five, but I'll definitely give it six. Now we'll move on to the Western Conference. Now we just had the. On, on recording this, we just had two games today. New Orleans versus the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns got up there, moved to the second round, and the Dallas Mavericks versus Utah Jazz. They just squeaked by Utah there. We'll say Quinn Snyder did a nice call play, nice play call, ATO for Bojan Bogdanovic. He got wide open, which is what you wanted. He just couldn't hit the shot, so that was a really good play call. It was kind of like a, it was a waist screen, flare screen for Bojan on the opposite side. 45 three-pointer. It was a nice play call. I do give him credit, but in saying that, for me, Utah didn't look good at all this 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 second half of the season. I think there's going to be a bit of change coming there. What type of change it is, I have no idea. I know Danny Age isn't afraid to make you know big drastic changes. Obviously, we've seen with Boston, he was able to move on from that big three error. So I'm not too sure what they're going to do. But I will say that Utah have to are probably going to make a change. Now, could it come out in the coming weeks that Donovan Mitchell is growing unhappy in, in Utah? I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think he's that type of person. But in saying that, I wouldn't be shocked. He would be a player that I say like a New York Knicks would really look to throw the bag at, really look to try to acquire. I would say the Los Angeles Lakers would have obvious interest. How they'd try to get in there, have no fucking clue, but they'd have interest. But I think a, a a place for him that would be most effective, that is like kind of feasible... Maybe a Charlotte could throw some pieces at them. I think that could be a nice piece. Him and him and Lamelo as a one-two punch. I think that would be interesting. I think Miami's probably going to have a sniff there too because Miami would be a really, really good piece for him. But in saying that, 
Jimmy's still there. You know, Victor Oladipo is coming into his own at the moment. They still got Kalel. I would say possibly Toronto could give him some pieces because they could throw in maybe an OG, Gary Trent, you know, certain players to get him. I, I think that could be another option for them, but yeah, I'm not too sure. Even even a Memphis Grizzlies could throw a lot of pieces at them. You know, give them a Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, you know, maybe a Stephen a, a, a Stephen Adams type player or a Tyus Jones in, the, in a first round pick for 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 a Donovan Mitchell. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think he'll stay. I think they'd be more inclined to trade a Rudy Gobert than a Donovan Mitchell because Rudy Gobert is a he's a one he's not a two way player at all. He's a one way player. He's defensively. But in saying that, I always had Dallas, Dallas winning this series. I think Dallas were the superior, better team that had the best player in the series. And sometimes, if you had the best player, that leads to the best, that leads to the team winning. Uh, I just think Dallas, if if any, if there's any time for Luca to get to the conference finals, it's now. And people are like, oh, obviously he's in the second round. But Phoenix, depending on the health of Devin Booker. They they could really give it to him because I was I was shocked in in how obviously they didn't have Devin Booker for three games but New Orleans really gave it to him really really gave it to him and I think if if you're Jason Kidd in the Dallas Mavericks you can look at that look at the blueprint how they did it and you know Dallas play a five out style which really does suit you know playing a Phoenix because they play a, a DeAndre Ayton there so five outs you're getting him off off the defensive end because you looked at Rudy Gobert. He didn't do a lot on defense this past series, and it was surprising to me that Quinn Snyder just kept going with him because obviously you want to win the series, but play to players that can win you the series. Don't just play your supposed best players. So I think that if if Dallas have a chance, it's the blueprint they have right now. They're surrounded by a bunch of shooters, and they have a lot of players that just aren't afraid at the moment. I think Dorian Finney-Smith's a player that's not afraid at the moment. Lucas, obviously not. Jalen Brunson, he's been really impressive this past season. He's going to get the bag somewhere. Spencer Diddy doesn't really have a conscience. So I think that's going to be a really, really good series. I think that series is going to go six to seven games. I'm still going to say Phoenix because I think Phoenix has probably had a little bit of a wake-up call this past series. And I think for them, I just think that it's going to be a hard, hard-fought hard series, but Phoenix is just going to find the way and grind through it. And I do I do want to just step back a little bit and just go back to the, to the New Orleans uh, Phoenix series. I have a lot, a lot of respect for Willie Green and the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, right now, obviously, we saw him very emotional after the game. I love that. I love the emotion that he saw. You know, it, it just shows you how much it means to him, how much he cares about the team, his players. And as a coach, I found that really, really refreshing. I found that really, really, you know, just a, a wholesome moment for anyone who's a basketball fan and a basketball purist. That was just really good to see. And I, I'm glad that, you know, they, they asked Chris Paul after what he means because him and Willie Green have a really strong and close relationship. So I was really happy to see that. I think, you know, New Orleans, they, they are a success this season. You know, they made the playoffs without their best players, supposedly, in Zion Williamson. Now, when he comes back, hopefully fully healthy for the next season, they could be a really strong team. They could be a dark horse team in the Western Conference because they gave a really, really good run to, to, to Phoenix. So I will say full credit to them. And David Griffin, I was very critical on him. He had some really good pieces this this, this past this past off season, this past second half of the season, you know, picking up Jose Alvarado, who wasn't even drafted, drafting Herb Jones, drafting Trey Murphy. I just think that they're smart, they're smart moves, and he he he, he was patient. Getting CJ McCollum, you know, and that draft, that, that trade, and Larry Nance too. That's a really really smart smart play, and I think that New Orleans, if they can go and get, 
Oh, if they can go and get a nice point guard, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. If they can get a point guard that, you know, gets Zion and gets BI to their spots, I really think that they're going to be a nice, a nice team next season. I think they could be maybe what, maybe half or a little bit of a third of what, of what Memphis were, young, fresh, exciting. They're a little bit older than, than Memphis, but, you know, they have the, the young core intact, if that makes sense. But, you know, we'll move on now to, again, to the, the next the next series in the West, Golden State Warriors versus the, the Denver Nuggets. And I, I just got to say, Denver, for me, they were the worst team in this playoffs, I think. I don't think that they were a very good team. And that's not me being harsh or critical on them. It's just that they were so injured. Like, they were so injured. Their 2-12 to 12 was... If you look at teams in the playoffs, it was pretty horrendous. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a probably playoff team. But, you know, they fought in there. They had a lot of hustle. They had a lot of heart. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Nikola Jokic and everything he does. So, I'm really proud to see that they didn't go down without a fight. I'm a, I like Mike Malone, too, as a coach. I like him as a coach. I think he's a smart coach. I think he's a coach that players like to play for. So, I am interested to see what they're going to do now with with the, with the way they implement Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Do they keep this team intact or do they look to go get some more players? Because I think that they need, you know, obviously if they'll start Jamal, Michael Porter, Jokic, uh, Gordon, um, will they start a Will Barton? Will that be their, their next piece? Because maybe they can go out free agency and get like a nice 3 and D shooter. You know, maybe a player of that caliber, you know, I think that they could maybe look at getting Gary Harris back, come off the bench, because at least he's been there, he knows their system. Now, he has looked like he's passed it a little bit, but you never know, going back to the place you, you've played at for a long, long time, it can give you a bit of comfortability. So I will say Denver, they gave full credit, but Golden State, for me, they're prime. They're priming right now. I think that they're, they're really, really, really hitting the foot on the floor right now. They're really cooking with gas, if, if you can say that. They're just going to be a really tough team. They're going to be a tough out, whoever outs them, even if they do, even if if they even get out. Like I think, you know, the next series against either Minnesota or Memphis, I think it's going to be tough for either Memphis or Minnesota, whoever that versus Golden State, because Golden State they're going to be really, really ready here, and they're, and they're probably hoping that Minnesota wins this next game, goes seven games. That way they can get a little bit more rest for Steph, get his ankles a little bit even more more rested. Yeah, I just think that. They're, they're prime. They're prime Golden State. And Golden State, they did it in five. Gentlemen, sweep. Jordan Poole, obviously, he's the big question. What do they do with him? They obviously started him off the bench. I think it's the logical choice. You know, there's so much chemistry between Steph Clay and Draymond. A lot of people are asking for Andrew Wiggins to come off the bench. If you put Andrew Wiggins on the bench, his confidence goes down. And he's not going to be the player he was. Because you look at this Golden State team, the depth lineup they have, he is kind of like Harrison Barnes 2.0. He's a bit better than Harrison Barnes, obviously. But you can't put a Harrison Barnes off the bench. When they did that with Iguodala, he didn't play as good. So when they bring Iguodala off the bench, he understands and he knows his role and he's able to do that with, with excellence. So I think bring Jordan Poole off the bench, simplify his game, say go out there, try to give me some buckets, try to score, take the pressure off Steph when you're there. It's going to be really, really hard for them, whoever versus them. I just, big fan, big, big fan of what they're doing. So I just really want to see the Dallas, the, uh, the Golden State Warriors put it to the sword to either Memphis and Minnesota and we'll go on to that series now, Memphis-Minnesota. Obviously, Memphis and Minnesota, that series still going on at the moment. It's actually closer than what I anticipated. I thought that Memphis were going to give, them, give it to them in five. Minnesota, to their credit, they're, they're going better than I expected. They're actually much better. They're, what, they're, they're much more, I would say, they're a better system and they're a better coach team than what I anticipated. And that's not a slight on their coaching because I just didn't watch a heap of Minnesota games. But they really go out and their game plan smart. And if you look at their game plan... 
you know, most teams in the NBA switch and are like middle on balls. But what 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 Mem- what what Minnesota do to Memphis and Memphis, they're actually one of the worst teams at this. If you show hard on 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 a on a Memphis, especially John Morant, his buckets per possession they drop like fifty percent. So what they're doing is they're actually using their their bigs to show hard, and they're making it harder for Jar. Now we haven't seen Jar dominate as much as I as I have anticipated, but he's still doing a good job, obviously. But I think I think whoever wins that series, it, uh, sorry, like sorry. If if Memphis lose this series, it's a disappointment because they should get to the second round. They should they should they should beat this team. You know, obviously they have maybe better individual players, Minnesota. But well, from what I saw in the season from Memphis, I am shocked to see that they have been playing a bit dismal and a bit under my 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 bar for them. So I still think that Memphis are going to get this win next series. They're going to go out there and so say, you know what, we've got to get it done, and they're going to versus Golden State. But I just think. Memphis, you have to go out and you have to just put it all on the line. You can't go back game seven. You can't. You can't because it's going to take too much juice out of you. So go out there, get the job done. But, guys, that is my little first-round wrap-up. I was going to wait till the Memphis and Minnesota series to end, but they're going to be playing games on that day possibly, You know, just depending on the game tomorrow with Memphis-Minnesota. But I say second round, Miami versus the Philadelphia Sixers. Miami in six, Boston-Milwaukee, Milwaukee in seven. Golden State, I'll go Memphis, Golden State in six. Phoenix, Dallas, Dallas uh, Phoenix in six. So that's my opinion, guys. I hope you had a really, really good time listening to this. Obviously, if you want to hear a little bit more, follow us on Insta. Make sure to listen right now, but thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all of the content that's coming your way. Hit us up on Instagram at lanesmedia underscore, all under capitalized letters. Thanks for listening, guys, but most importantly, have a great day.